my god. Imagine someone sitting home mumbling and cackling instead of playing paying a motherfucking bills. Okay? Y'all mumbling and cackling? Y'all sending group text messages about the motherfucking queen while the queen is in the motherfucking stoop? While the queen is building her fucking empire bigger and better than before? Peasants. I need you fucking peasants. He's on a roll. You fucking peasants. Pick my fucking fruit out, ho. That girl is Don't get me no tired act after you've been running around. The time you spend with me, you shouldn't be coming down. Don't give me no attitude, saying what you will and will not do. Maybe we need compromise if we're gonna make it through. Push yourself a little more, boy. For me, you gotta try a little harder. All I'll do is for the love of you, yeah. Show me you're always gonna be there. No matter what, you're always gonna be there. Here's what you gotta do. I wanna see a backflip. Cop wheel, don't be cutting corners on me. Gotta give me all that you got. I need to see you to believe it. I wanna see you backflip for real. Show me that you really do feel everything you say that you do. I need to see you to believe it, babe. <laughs> never take me out like it did oh let me tell you something raven gave us some good music okay that was a really cute song uh, uh, uh. what else was on that album where is itunes music i said I, that's how you know i'm old Cause who refers to Apple Music as iTunes now? Cause even on the computer, the icon says music. iTunes is no more. <laughs> Let's see, Raven. Oh, someone's dying. Let's see, 2004, that is sickening. She did a little something on Grazing in the Grass. That was a good, good little song. What is love? <sighs> Play did it first, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about how she took What is Love from Play. We're not going to talk about how the Cheetah Girls took Cinderella from Play. We're not going to do that. We're just not going to do that. Um, this was a cute little album. So was the one. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe this came out in 2008. Her little self-titled album. Um... What would, let me see. Uh, not Double Dutch Bus Child. I'm looking at these tracks and I can't tell you how these songs go, but I know that if I were to press play and listen for a second, it would all come flooding back in. She, she released an EP in 2020? Stripped Down. 
space truck micro dosing nap swag and boo girl anyway <laughs> hello welcome i am 2000 and late again but you know what it doesn't even matter it really does not matter i need to stop having this negative self-talk when I don't maintain the schedule that I set forth for myself because what needs to be praised instead of beaten down on is the fact that I, I still get up and do it. You know what I'm saying? It didn't happen on Friday or Saturday. It didn't happen Sunday morning when I said that I wanted it to happen. But guess what? It's Monday and we making it work. It's going to drop this week. It's... it's <sighs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hello. Welcome back to Boycott Bridget, the very chaotic podcast. I am your host, Bridget Denise Jordan, the Don Tiva. The recap last week. Who, if I'm being honest, I don't remember a single thing that happened last week. <laughs> remember a single thing child let me pull up the calendar maybe that will help yeah no (laughs) I don't remember a single thing oh the oven just just beeped (sighs) yeah I do have some notes of random thoughts that came about but in terms of specific details of things that happened last week I have zero recollection I can't tell you anything that happened um let's see point one men lying about being short I think this wasn't related yeah this was related to a tiktok that I saw where this white boy was going around the gym and he was asking dudes how tall they are and then after they gave their height he had a tape measure and he said would you mind if we verified to make sure that what you were saying were true. And it was a very fascinating study because the gentlemen who were tall, like actually tall and gave their correct height before he measured them. When he asked them after they gave their response, when he asked them if he could measure them with a tape measure, they were like, yeah, sure. Like, no questions asked. And, of course, every single man that was like that, they were not lying about their height. Now, the dudes who were lying, when he asked, they got aggressive and upset and was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, then, baby, you shouldn't have been lying because now you're mad because you know you're going to get caught in your lie when you really could have just not lied. And it was really fascinating because somebody in the comments had this same realization of, like, wow, the men that actually weren't lying about their height were very straightforward and not aggressive. What is that all about? And it's absolutely a complex. But what's really crazy to me is that the vast majority of women are short. So I'm not really understanding why the men are lying about their height if they too are short. Because it's not like there's this influx of women. And this is going off of, because, you know, everybody that he asked was presumably straight. But this is just going off of the, you know, the straight male um, conundrum. 
which is honest it's getting very scary and very weird the straight men are not okay but anyway the vast majority of women are short so I'm not understanding why the men feel the need to lie because I'm coming for the girls too if you are under five eight you have no business making it a demand or a request to have somebody that's six foot taller six foot or taller I should say I'm sorry, I and I stand 10 toes on that. If you are shorter than 5'8", in heels, you have no business making it a request of yours to have a man that is six foot or taller. You just don't. You don't deserve that. Sorry. You don't deserve it. Go get you a king that is, you know, 5'10", 5'11", and you will be just fine. You'll be just fine. Baby, you're touching 5'7 in heels? Please, get, get out of my face. You're not getting a tall man. And that's me, like, putting that, <laughs> putting that demand on them. No, you can't have no tall man. For what reason? Why? Why do the short girlies want... A, a giant that's towering over them is, is that some sort of complex is that something that we need to talk about further because that's a little concerning so to go back to the men that are lying about their height I'm, I'm not understanding why they're lying when the the pool of women that they're picking from the average height and shorter women are far outweighing the tall ones so why are you lying unless this falls under the category of all of the other things that men subscribe let me be specific that straight men subscribe to to try to impress other straight men this very well could be an addition to the already very long list of things that men do to try to assert dominance amongst other men And if so, that's very strange because this, among the other things that are on that list, all of those things are not, and it's very interesting because all of these men, they, they claim that they, you know, are sexually attracted to women, but all of these things that they say are things that women have, uh, declared as important or whatever the case may be the girls don't care they really don't care the girls there are some girls that care about a six-pack me personally and the women that I know we really do not care about no six-pack we don't care about a six-pack speaking for myself personally six-packs make me uncomfortable I don't want that I don't like that. And I think that it, 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 I probably have said this before. I'm almost positive that it has everything to do with the fact that the vast majority of straight men who have six packs, it's their entire personality. And I promise you, I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. I don't care if you in the gym 24 seven. I don't, 
I don't care if you have a six-figure job. I just want you to have a home that you pay the bills in in full. You know what I'm saying? That's it. The Louis Prada Gucci, the Mercedes and the Beamers, I promise you I don't care. Because what really is going to make this relationship amazing is who you are as a person and your character and how everything that makes you you mentally spiritually and emotionally how that aligns with everything that makes me me mentally spiritually and emotionally that's what actually matters all of that other stuff is cute and there's nothing wrong with it but for me to sit up here and say that all of that other stuff is a priority, now the height, I'm, I'm going to have to make that a priority. That is the only physicality that I am making a hard line, 10 toes down priority. I'm tall. I'm 5'9", barefoot, okay? Soles flat to the ground, 5'9". And heels... I'm touching 6'2 easily, easily. I want a tall man. But all of the other requirements are character-based. So making X amount of money, because that's the thing too is that it's like, If we're being all the way honest, when you look at a man's character and how he presents himself to the world, and I feel like this goes for anybody, regardless of gender. If you look at somebody's character and how they operate within the world and their emotional intelligence and how self-aware that they are, you would be hard pressed to find a person in their 30s as I am, who has a good head on their shoulders, who's incredibly self-aware, who is emotionally intelligent, who is open to growing and evolving, who has a very strong understanding of where they stand on certain topics and their personality and what have you, but they're also very open and willing to hear other sides and learn and grow and evolve. You will be hard pressed to find somebody who is that, who isn't doing well for themselves. And doing well for yourself is not equal to making six figures and driving a particular car and owning a home. It's many things and it looks many different ways. But at the end of the day, you will be hard pressed to find a person that is emotionally intelligent, that has a good head on their shoulders, that is able to break a thing down to the ground, that has a good sense of humor, that stands tall, and who they are and what they believe and is able to vocalize that while also creating space to receive other thoughts and opinions, you would be really hard-pressed to find someone that's like that who is slumming it in their parents' basement, who doesn't have a job, who is not taking charge in this world in whatever way that looks like for them I'm cycling through a lot of people in my head and yeah 
none of them fit that category. And I say all of that to say all of the, the, the physicality and the tangible things that these men claim that women are demanding and that women want to see, not only for the vast majority of women is that not true, but when you take a look at people mentally and emotionally and spiritually and they are of a high level, it's virtually impossible for the physical things to be in disarray. That doesn't mean that they're flawless and that they don't have moments where they're struggling. But they not crusty, dusty, and broke down and poor. You know what I'm saying? I just went on a, a very long tangent that really didn't need to happen. So I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, Lady and Trader Joe's all in my face. Oh, I made the mistake like a, a idiot on Saturday to go to Trader Joe's at 2 p.m. in the afternoon knowing good and well that it was going to be ransacked with crazy white people and I really should not have done that. What I should have did was exactly what I said I was going to do the night before. Get up super early. Be in that parking lot when the 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 opening shift leader is putting that key in that door to unlock it. And walk right in with my cart. That's when I should have been up in there. Because when I tell you those people piss me off. The location that I go to, it's a very awkward... Uh, the where it's at it's very strange and very awkward to get in and out of and in turn the parking lot is very strange and awkward and so when it's busy and because people are brainless it's a whole mess and that was the exact experience and I was cussing and fussing all throughout that trip it was just horrific and then I went to Mariano's afterward (laughs) There was some discourse not too long ago talking about Trader Joe's and how it's just a, a, a store for silly little snacks. Like people don't, you don't go grocery shopping at Trader Joe's, which I found very fascinating and interesting because it's, you know, a subsect of the Aldi brand and you can go grocery, grocery shopping at Aldi. And so I was like, well, <laughs> what is the difference between Aldi and Trader Joe's is where Trader Joe's is not giving that experience and surprise this time around it did give me that experience a lot of the stuff that I needed I was able to get at Trader Joe's I only had to go to Mariano's for a couple of things like um the whipping cream at Trader Joe's was ridiculously priced and heavy whipping cream in general has been so expensive it it really doesn't make any sense, but it was just this little pint of heavy whipping cream and it was like $7. And I said, eh, not happening. So I didn't get that. I, of course, didn't get my cold brew because I drink a specific brand that Trader Joe's does not have, but I knew that to be the case. And then there were just a couple of other items that I needed to get that Trader Joe's did not have, which I knew that they wouldn't have just because of the whole setup of Trader Joe's. So I went to Mariano's. Why was there no heavy whipping cream of any size? 
I said, are you kidding me? And when I tell you between Trader Joe's and Mariano's, I was able to get every single thing on my list except the heavy whipping cream. And I stood there in the aisle and I said, so you mean to tell me that I have to go to a whole other store for one more thing? Because that was the thing is that what I needed it for, I'm planning on making, it was supposed to be today, but Sunday, (laughs) Sunday, I I didn't wake up until 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I didn't wake up till three. So nothing got done. Everything that I set out to do on Sunday, it didn't happen, including recording this. But what I needed the heavy whipping cream for, I was like, I'm making it at the top of the week and I'm not going back out. So I have to go to a third store. So I went to the Jewel next door. You know, Jewel Osco is the Walmart of grocery stores. It's just like, why 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 do I have to subject myself to this and you know sometimes you do you sometimes you just gotta suck it up and do it and that's what I did I zipped in there and got my heavy whipping cream and left they do have some good chicken though I got me a couple of breasts and some potato wedges anyway there was a lady in Trader Joe's I was in the produce section and I was searching for oh that was another thing they didn't have cilantro they were all out the girls bought it all up and so I was scanning the produce section to make sure that I didn't miss it and she walked past me this woman was all up in my face and she said oh I love your sunglasses those are so cool it's like thank you but when I tell you she was so close in my face And she was just like looking at them, looking at it from different angles, like in my face. And I'm like, girl, if you don't step back, I understand that they're cute. But if you want to know where I got them, just ask. I'm like, at that point, she could have put the phone in my face and took a picture. Dang. Then when I got to the register, you know how the employees at Trader Joe's like to be real friendly. So the cashier was like, hey, so... Uh, what are you up to this weekend? I was like, oh, nothing. Just, you know, getting ready for next week. And she was like, oh, what's next week? And I looked at her and I said, another week. <laughs> and I started laughing like that, too, because I was like, girl, nothing special. Literally another week. And it made me laugh because I was like, you know, I could have said it a different way. I could have just said, you know, running errands, just doing the usual of getting ready for another week. But I just said getting ready for next week because I didn't expect her to try to push the conversation further. And that just made me laugh that she asked, oh, what's next week? Like something was really happening. Girl, nothing is happening this week. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Let's see what else. Wikipedia always begging. Yeah. Why is Wikipedia always begging for money? There was a tweet that I said (laughs) that I saw where this girl said, y'all, somebody please give Wikipedia some money because I gave them $2 like a couple months ago and they have been hounding me nonstop. And what's so crazy is that they're always begging for money, but they have yet to shut down. So somebody's giving them money. 
and I'm trying to figure out why they keep begging the girls for money when they literally have not shut down. And then they always have those random messages every once in a while that will say, you know, we're not shutting down. We're not closing. Don't believe the messages you're hearing. And I'm like, who was saying this? Who was on the internet or on TV saying that Wikipedia was closing in X amount of days? Cause I haven't heard it. So why, wh- like, where are they getting this from? I need to go get a box of tissue. Cause my nose is, yeah. Let me, let me go get a box of tissue. I don't even know why that song popped in my head like that. What was I talking about? Oh, Wikipedia. Yeah, they're always begging for money and threatening to shut down, but never actually shutting down. And then claiming that people are making claims that they're going to shut down, but they're not going to shut down. It's very weird. Very weird and very strange. Let's see. TikToks of the girls turning up on Carnival. Yeah. I have been seeing an influx of TikToks of the girls on the Carnival cruises really turning up and having a good old time. And I have taken a cruise once in my life, and it was on Carnival. And, you know, I said after that, I'm never going on a carnival cruise or let alone any cruise again. <laughs> we went to the Bahamas. The Bahamas is beautiful. Uh, it was a couple of sketchy characters, but you know, we gonna let that be. But the actual cruise, cause go, leading up to the cruise, everyone's like, oh, the food is so good on cruise ships. And I'm like, I don't know what cruise ships y'all been on, but this food is slop, nasty. Okay, nasty. We ate pizza and ice cream that whole trip. And then I bought bottles of water. And, you know, just like the airport, the theme parks, everything is stupid expensive on those cruise ships. And this was pre-COVID too. So I can only imagine post-COVID how much this stuff costs. Them water bottles was like $9. And it was just a regular liter bottle of um, Crystal Geyser. I said, are you kidding me? $9? Please. The food was nasty. The activities on the ship were very meh. And, you know, maybe it's because the, the the boat that we were on, it was kind of old. But, um, mm-mm. 
I said, yeah, if I want to go anywhere, I'm just going to go ahead and buy a plane ticket and get on the plane and land and get to my exotic destination that way. Cause I was just really not feeling that. And, um, it seems like the girls don't agree because <laughs> they are on these carnival cruise ships really having a time, but you know, good for them. Let's see. 50 cent is on tour. Yeah. I keep seeing TikToks of him floating in the air. And then right before he performs many men, he have like five shirts on and then they just get ripped off. It's a lot of comedy in what I'm seeing in the TikToks. However, I, I'm like, I kind of want to go. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed because I think he's already completed the domestic leg because he's on the international right now. And most recently I saw him, I saw a TikTok from him in Melbourne and it was just something about him performing in Australia that just had me tickled. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the thought of 50, uh, 50 Cent being listened to by people, by Australian people. That's it's just something that's funny about that. I don't know. <laughs> it's so random. Yeah, but I was like, dang, I kind of want to go. Uh, Surprisingly, on that one album, hold on, I got to look it up. On that one album, I know quite a few songs. Let me see. Uh, <clears throat> the Massacre. Yeah, I know. I'm Supposed to Die Tonight, Piggy Bank. Of course, Candy Shop. Uh, just a little bit. Oh, I didn't realize just a little bit came from the massacre. Um, so amazing summer when times begin fall. I'll be around to catch a fall because you're my baby and I adore you. Yeah, this is a cute little album. I know much more 50 said that I would uh, like to admit which is so crazy. That's probably why I was like, oh, I kind of want to go. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Pink, Pink Friday 2. You know, I have mixed feelings about Pink Friday 2. But I'm, I'm in Gag City. I'm in Gag City with the girls. And... Tickets for the concert go on sale this week. I'm I'm gonna be in there. I gotta be there. Um the girls on TikTok are saying that the lower bow is looking like what and I hate this. For some, it I guess it depends on the venue. And I guess it also depends on because as a part of this tour, she's, of course, doing, you know, arena dates, but also dates as a part of uh, festivals that she's headlining. So I guess it depends on the nature of the venue where the floor area is general admission standing or if the floor is seats. 
I really am hoping that the dates that I'm interested in, that they are seats and it's not a general admission situation because I'm a diet barb. I am. And you know what? I might be a full-fledged barb. No, I'm a diet barb because the full-fledged barbs are like crazy and do a lot on the internet and I'm not doing any of that. But um, I have very mixed feelings about Pink Friday too because there are certain songs that I really like. However, the album as a whole, it feels unfinished to me. A lot of the songs are... Uh, two minutes or less and something about the rollout was real ghetto because she pushed the date back twice and then she had merch that she released but it was pre-order and it was it's not going to ship until the middle of January but I'm like you pushed the the release date back meaning that you had enough time to sort out all of the supporting materials for this album in order to have everything you know as this synchronous package so that was weird then when the album dropped it was on spotify but it was massively delayed to apple music I don't have titles, so I can't speak for that. But then the girls who ordered the vinyl, they only got 10 out of 22 songs. And I guess it's because the vinyl at whatever version of the album that the vinyl was sent to be pressed with. I guess Nikki went back into the studio and added all of these extra songs right before the drop, which is actually a, a, a really cool feat because thinking back in the day when we didn't have these streaming services and everything was on CDs, that's not possible to go in and make changes and, and do things like, a day to hours before it's releasing and have it mass release like that is really amazing. But the girls on TikTok were mad. The girls that owned the vinyl. And if I'm being honest, I'm not interested in listening to Nicki Minaj on vinyl. It had, I love Nicki Minaj, but I'm just not interested in having a record for the music. Right. Like, it would really just be a decorative piece. I wouldn't put it in the record player. Sonically, it's not something that I need to hear on a record. Or want to hear on a record. But anyway, the girls that got the, that ordered the vinyl were mad. <laughs> As they should. As they should. Talk about they gonna return it. And I said, I know that's right. Because how you going to have 22 songs and only 10 made it to the vinyl? That's ghetto. And so I said, now, she announcing this tour. Not Nan Date better be canceled, okay? Because I want to go and see her. And, and. <sighs> Let's see. Let's pull up Pink Friday, too. 
Um, track three, I like high heels on my tippies. Don't say in Gabbana. What she say on my titties. That's that's a real cute one. I mean, the girls love everybody. And it's a hit. It's truly a hit. Needle is cute. Uh, it's very more life, Drake. Like that. Um, bomb bomb. That is <laughs> bomb bomb is my song. Okay, when she was releasing snippets of what was presumed to be on the album, and she released this, I said, "Oh, I need this on the album. This is the Nikki that I need." They say my price ridiculous. I don't like them bitches. Pussy tight and vicious. Hit them likes to link this bomb bomb. Screaming fuck the opposition. Toting glocks and switches. Used to pots and dishes. What what she say? Um, Dry the Bentley because that's just tradition. Um, Made him drop his bitches just for pussy pictures. It's really a hit. <laughs> But that's one of the songs amongst other songs that sound incomplete. Like it sounds like this idea was fleshed out, but as a full-fledged song, it didn't make it there. Kind of like um, Birthday Cake on Rihanna's album. And then how she ended up re-releasing it as a single as a full song but it was just you know like that snippet on uh what is the name of that album talk is it talk that talk yeah yeah kind of like birthday cake where it just it's like ooh, this is a hit and you could tell that it was on track to be a full complete song but they just didn't make it that nor is it an interlude either it just doesn't it's just not complete it's a thought but not a complete thought and that's what i felt like a lot of the songs were but you know I've only listened to it top to bottom once and I need to go back and listen to it top to bottom again. But, um, those are my three standouts. FTCU, everybody and bomb bomb. Oh, child, the girls are fighting and there's a new situation. I'm going to look it up. Now, the first one is <laughs> Miss Ma'am, who's talking about the black girls don't support her and then had the nerve to try to bring Jackie Anna into it and Fanita and all of these other girls that literally have no connection to this woman. Because my whole thing is when I came across this video, I said, who I've never seen this woman in my life. There's a lot, a lot of a lot of people who I have zero awareness of, whether they be actors musical artists influencers that I'm just I don't know who that is but the way that she was talking you would have thought that you know she was up there with a a Jackie Ina and even a Fanita 
and I have never seen this woman. And I talked a little bit about it on Instagram, but it's a black girl. And she said that the, the, the black girlies don't support her because nobody shows support for her Macy's ad. And that was really confusing to me because I was trying to figure out what it was. Like I was trying to figure out what metric she was using to be able to say that the black girls don't support me. Like for her Macy's collab, did she have a discount code that nobody was using? And if that was the case, how does she know based on who was using it versus who wasn't using it, the race behind the usage? You know what I'm saying? Because they don't collect that information when you use any sort of discount code. So I was confusing on based off of the mechanics of her Macy's collaboration, how she was developing this stance that black people don't support her because I'm like, how, how are you even able to say that? Are you what, like, what are you basing that off of? Is it like a specific metric that was ingrained into the sponsorship? Are you basing this off of interactions you know, the comments and people reposting it. What are you basing this off of? That's number one. Number two, girl, Macy's. The last time that I purchased something from Macy's was a few years ago. I got my luggage set. And the only reason that I got it from Macy's was because they were running a, a deeply discounted sale on this Samsonite set that I wanted. I really... <sighs> What I really want is ridiculously expensive and I'm not going to shell out that money right now. And the Samsonite set was good enough. So that's the last time that I have actively gone into Macy's and purchased something. But I cannot tell you the last time that I've been inside Macy's and like walked around, tried on something, whether it be clothes or shoes like I can't tell you the last time that I had a shopping experience at Macy's. The only reason when I got this luggage that I physically went inside was because I looked online to see if they had it. And then I went in there rather than doing an order pickup just for them to say, you know, we ain't got it particularly because I needed other things at the mall. I went in there, saw that they had it, bought it and went on about my business. That's it. I didn't walk around. I went in there for exactly what I needed and I bought it and left. The girls of this decade were not shopping at Macy's or I should say the girls that she is were targeting. We, we don't shop at Macy's. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the fact that we couldn't care less about Miss Macy's girl and you get your money. And that was another thing too. I was like, um, so I'm pretty sure that your sponsorship check from Macy's is not contingent upon how many black people support you. So why, why do you care? And so I'm, I'm making all of these inferences and I'm asking all these questions. And then we get to the point where the girls expose her. Cause <laughs> hold on. 
Y'all, I really got to stop blowing my nose on this microphone. This is so disgusting. Very ghetto. <laughs> like, why, why don't I just pause it and, and come back? What a mess. Anyway. Wow, I forgot what I was saying. Just talking about the Macy's girl. Oh, that's what I was saying on Instagram is that if you are really out here and you are trying to be of some level of notoriety, whether it be a musical artist, an actor, an influencer, if you are in these streets and you want people to know who you are, before you even set foot on the scene, you need to make sure you do your due diligence of scrubbing the internet of everything. Everything. Now for myself, I don't... If anybody were to find anything, and this is because I don't want to be of any sort of level of notoriety, okay? If we were to humor the situation and say that I did, the only thing that I would have to to go through is probably my Facebook because I've never had a Twitter in my life. I don't have any YouTube content and I've never had any YouTube content. My Instagram, the years that I was off of Instagram, when I came back, everything that I had archived, Instagram got rid of it, which was so depressing. But I mean, it is what it is at this point. So if there are any uh, super old pictures of me floating around, it's on other people's profiles and I'm just not tagged in them. So you would have to, you know, really be digging into my friend's stuff to find something about me. But even that stuff is just like, the biggest crime is how crazy I look. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing salacious or anything like that. But if you are going to get on the internet, if you want to have some sort of level of notoriety and you want to get on the internet and have a really spicy hot take, do understand that if you did not scrub the internet of the information and material that you don't mind people seeing, knowing, reading, the girls are going to eat you up. Baby, they found this woman's husband and he's a white man. And ain't nothing wrong with that. But when I tell you they found pictures of this man with all kind of Confederate flags and the camo and the guns child, like he's white. Okay. White. With her black self and her black kids. Well, she has kids with him. She, I, don't, I don't know that she has any kids outside of that. But this woman sitting up here talking about these black people don't support her. Meanwhile, your husband is 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 a is 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 a whole Confederate flag toting white man. Please, please, child, they ran her off TikTok because she sounded crazy to begin with, and then had the nerve to pull in these other black creators that have zero relationship with her and did not ask her to do that. And so you already talking crazy. You're involving people that have no stake in this conversation, nor do they want to have any stake in it. And then your husband is in direct opposition of the thing that you claim 
is your mission to be in support of and supported by black folk? Ma'am, get off of our internet and, and, and get yourself together because that's what I said on, on Instagram. I said, I think, I think she has some wounds that need to be healed. I think she falls in the category of black person who at one point in her life or many points in her rearing years, she was otherized and ostracized and shamed for her likes, um, for not knowing something and, and maybe being familiar with other things and just not having a, a black aura essence likes affect at some point in her life it seems like she was demeaned and degraded for not quote-unquote being black enough and that is an experience that quite a few black people in this country have it's not something that's foreign it's something that I completely understand however comma we got to do the work to heal that before we get on the internet and want to be an influencer and try to say that the the blacks are not in support of us when there's literally no metric to say that that is true because as far as I stand I'm like how can I even be of support to you baby when I have zero idea who you are I have never seen you a day in my life how you gonna say that I don't support you I don't know who you are I don't know who you are. And I promise you, 90% of the people that were engaging in this fiasco only knew who she was because of the fiasco, right? How can you say that a group of people don't support you when the group of people literally don't know who you are? The second thing is Circle K and nurses. Now, this one was a mess. I mean, it's all a mess because there's a third one. And I really hate that it just escaped my brain what the third one was. I literally just saw it on TikTok. Maybe it'll come to me. Uh, Circle K and nurses. Now, all this started because there is a woman named Selena who was a Circle K employee, not sure what city and state, but she got on her TikTok and she was talking about how there uh, is a nurse shortage and it is her belief that the reason for the nurse shortage is because All of these nurses out here have zero desire to, and she, she was talking about a specific brand of nurse, the girls who get into the industry, not because they have this passion for helping people, not because they are um, invested and interested in the healthcare fields. They get into it because they see money bag, money bag, money bags. 
They want to do the Louis Prada Gucci. They want the nice vehicle. They want to work three, four days a week and have the rest of the week off. They want to travel. They want the the lifestyle of an RN as opposed to the actual attention and intention that it takes to be a good healthcare professional. There are some people in the comments, both who are within the healthcare profession as nurses, doctors, uh, CNAs, everything who were co-signing her statements and were like, yeah, you know, I see this and I've been seeing this for some time now and it's quite unfortunate. There were people who aren't in the in the healthcare field who were speaking from the perspective of patients who have experienced nurses like this, who have no bedside manner, who um, are incredibly disengaged and mistakes are made in their care because of these nurses, lack of in, uh, lack of attention and huna hana huna. And then there were some folks, largely nurses who were incredibly upset and they, um, <laughs> they were biting back. And there was one nurse in particular, her name is Morgan, who allegedly, after she created a TikTok in response, saying how it's not because of the way that these nurses, which is which was really fascinating because through the fallout of all of this, she was trying to say in her response to the Circle K woman, to Selena, that it has absolutely nothing to do with these girls wanting to live this lifestyle and having zero interest in their fields. And it has everything to do with nurses being fed up with um, being overworked and underpaid, these medical facilities being extremely understaffed, so their um, patient load is super heavy. So what she was, what Selena was talking about with you know the mistakes and not being able to pay close enough attention to their patients to understand who needs what, that the reasoning behind that is because they're just overloaded with patients every shift. And the set of the third. However, she had a pinned video on her TikTok saying the exact same thing that Selena was saying, which is it has become a problem where these new nurses are getting into the industry, not because they have this invested interest in the medical field and helping people. It's just because they want to uphold this particular appearance that they've been led to believe that being a nurse is going to give them. So how is it that in one breath, and everyone is free to change their mind at any point, but the fact that you have this active video and at no point did you recant the statements that you made in this video where you're saying everything that is in direct support of what Selena said that you all of a sudden are chastising because there was also a comment where, um, oh no, this was on another woman's video, so I'll get to that. 
But what really burned people's biscuits is that she, you know, was foaming at the mouth and said everything that she needed to say. But then at the end of her video, she was like, and what do you know about nursing when you just work at Circle K? And it's like, okay, that you're a mean girl. You're a mean girl because you could have just made this video in response, disagreed, said why you disagree with what was being said and left it at that. But instead, you did all of that and you made it a point to close it out by trying to demean old girl and say that her thought and opinion, which is something at one point in time you co-sign and also agree with, to demean her opinion by saying you just work at Circle K. Girl... So now all of this is happening and there's a lot of back and forth between Selena and Morgan, people in the comments cutting up and acting crazy. There was another video that I saw. There's a lot of people that were commenting on this and there was another video that I saw where old girl was like, the fact that these girls, as they're in school, to be a nurse are getting you know C's and stuff like that and getting really excited about it it's like you are literally about to have somebody's life in your hands and you excited about a C and people was in the comments like oh you're you're you've never been in a nursing program you don't know how how hard it is and da, 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 da. and then old girl that posted the video she was like so wait a second help me to understand because in one breath you all are the same people that are like education you know you could do whatever you want to do education doesn't matter it's about on the job training and you know just putting your mind to it you don't need to be spending all this money to get degrees and you can be your best without having that piece of paper and now all of a sudden um it's c's get degrees which i believe in because c's do to get degrees and you know as long as you pass it's good enough so what is the truth First you say education isn't important, but now you're saying that it is important and it's just, it's a lot of confusing (laughs) rhetoric and opinions. And I just really wish that we all understood that both sides can and are true. Selena is absolutely right. There has been an influx of girlies who are trying to be nurses so that they can have their nails and their feet constantly done in these nice cars and goes on these trips and only have to work a couple of days a week and, you know, living this very specific lifestyle. And Morgan was also right. These hospitals and medical facilities are gravely understaffed. A lot of these nurses are ridiculously underpaid. The patient load is, you know, the provider to patient load is ridiculous, ridiculous ratio. Both of these things are true. And it's just like... (laughs) The phrase, (laughs) 
because what really sent me is that and then I'm gonna move on because I don't remember what the third one was what really sent me is that there were nurses in the comments of these videos that are like I've been doing this for over a decade x amount of years yes this is true to the sentiment of um Selena the Circle K woman and there were people in the comments that were also pointing out Morgan's thing and was like, you know, yeah, this is a part of it. And it's also, you know, for the people that are committed to the work that they're doing, that there's a shortage because they're tired of the conditions that they have to work under. So having a full understanding that both of these things can be true. But for this woman to feel the need to be so incensed to create a response that was just, you know, like, very tart and bitey. I mean, foaming at the mouth. It's like, it's giving us, hitting a little close to home. Now, allegedly, because the Circle K girl lost her job. So, allegedly, Miss Morgan called, I guess, Circle K corporate and complained because the girl had on her uniform in the video. So I guess she called, even though she was recording the the video, the video either on her break or before she went to work or something like that, like she wasn't actively working while she recorded this video. She was either on break or it was either just before or right after her shift. And somebody called up to corporate and they got her fired i said not they got her fired just because they little feelings was hurt it's like baby if the shoe fits and what's so crazy is that whenever these situations pop off on the internet nine times out of ten no one is personally mentioned this was just a blanket observation and feeling that selena the circle k woman had she did not say these thoughts with a specific person in mind and if she did have a specific person in mind she didn't vocalize that in the video at all so the fact that she gave this very generalized thought and opinion and this woman amongst others was so butthurt by it <laughs> that she felt the need to go on this foamy tirade get the girl fired and now miss ma'am morgan the nurse she done changed her <laughs> her tiktok name she turned off the comments she posted a little video uh saying that she didn't call selena's job to get her fired and people need to stop attacking uh selena for just giving her opinion and it's like but girl you led the charge on this you attacked selena for giving her opinion then some other girl i saw made a video and was like yeah so remember x amount of months ago when i was talking about the such and such situation with my one friend that I'm not friends with anymore. Yeah, I'm glad to see that her character is really coming to light. And she was inferencing 
that she was talking about Miss Morgan, the the hurt nurse. <laughs> uh, and um Yeah. So the girls, of course, was in the comments like, ooh, we need to ooh, we need a story time and da 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 da. And I don't usually, when people do story times, I don't get into it because people don't know how to be concise with telling stories. Storytelling is an art and a skill and not everyone has it. I cannot remember the third thing. It literally just came across my mind today. If it comes across, I'll write it down for, I was going to say next week's, but it's technically this week's episode. Okay, let's see. I just have a couple more things and then I'll go into the little message. Um, 365 days of music. Yes. So if I'm being honest, I have zero goals for 2024. <laughs> and that's really just because I, I'm not putting, child, I'm not putting a grain of rice in a basket, let alone an egg. I am literally leading the rest of my days, or I should say for the foreseeable future, because I understand that the mindset and the mind frame that I'm in right now could change. But I am leading the foreseeable future with zero expectations. I'm operating on vibes and vibes only. 2024 is my year of side quests. I'm doing random, like the most random stuff. If it just comes to mind, it wasn't random. It was most definitely, (laughs) I didn't expect to do it, but after the whole situation with dude and putting up these curtains, I knew that I wasn't going to hire anyone else to do it. (sighs) So things like that of like, you know, putting up these curtains and taking down these blinds, adjusting this shelf in my closet, um, Which is to say, like, things like that, rather than having the thought of like, oh, let me find somebody else to do it. Just do it myself. Random activities, spur of the moment trips. Cooking random things. Like just side quests. A bunch of random stuff throughout 2024 and just truly living on vibes. No plan, no agenda, no goals, no nothing, just living. That's it. And the I, I, what I would say is that consistency is something that I am hyper-focused on presently, but I'm going to take that into 2024. And child, I could drop dead at 11.59 on December 31st, so who knows? But anyway... As a part of this journey of consistency, I came across this 365 Days of Music Challenge and it's hosted on Tumblr. And it made me miss Tumblr. I deleted my Tumblr years ago. And I mean, like, actually deleted it, not deactivated it or anything like that. Because I don't even think... Tumblr had an option to deactivate your account. I think it was just either log out or fully delete it. 
because things just got weird and nobody was using it like they used to. So I said, yeah, I'm just going to let it go. It was a moment. And so starting January 1, I am going to do this 365 days of music challenge. I haven't determined where I want to host it. Um, hmm. Yeah. Is 2024 a leap year? Cause I just noticed that there's 366 for the leap year. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't care anyway. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's something that I want to do is this 365 days of music. And, um, oh, I put down to try to create a crossfade playlist to challenge myself to create this like masterpiece of a crossfade playlist. And in the playlist description, because, you know, Apple Music now has the ability to be able to crossfade like Spotify and so putting in the description, you know, set your crossfade to X amount of seconds. And that's going to make it even more challenging is because you can, if you, if you do a playlist and you set the crossfade, you have to leave the crossfade as whatever number of seconds that you set it at. It's not something that's adjustable, you know, based on song to song. So I think it's already hard to find different songs that sound good blending into one another but also finding songs that sound good back to back to back to back, blending into one another in that same, you know, crossfade interval. So I'm going to challenge myself to do that. And man, talking about music, I really miss quarantine. I miss quarantine as a whole, but especially Versus. Versus was... Quarantine was such a fun, refreshing, silly, chaotic time, but it was just really something about verses that really, and there was a moment where it got weird because, you know, Timbaland and Swiss Beats, who did they sell it to? They sold it to somebody and it just wasn't the same anymore. But man, verses was a hit. Versus was really a hit. Maybe what I will do as a good the hell by to 2023 is instead of doing like a recap just go through quarantine because that quarantine was iconic I know some of the girls struggle but baby I thrived (laughs) I had no issues during quarantine it was really a moment that was pleasing to me There's honestly nothing positive that I want to highlight or that I have to highlight about 2023. And so I think as of the, you know, the end of the year recap, recapping a moment of time where I can actually say there were, even if not in totality, it was fabulous. There were a lot of fabulous moments. And my, the last time was definitely quarantine, like most definitely. Okay, let me read up on some water and get into this little message. You know, I don't know what's going on with my algorithm on TikTok. Maybe I need to refresh it, but I haven't been coming across titillating content. I don't know what it is. A lot of funny stuff, which has been fabulous. And finally, 
the tarot girls have not been bombarding my timeline. Every once in a while, I'll get somebody on live reading cards and I just keep scrolling past. But there was a moment where I was just bombarded and that was all that I was seeing. And it's like, okay, girl, can't everybody have a message for me? So let me give me a glass of water and get into this little message. Um, and it'll be brief because it's not, it's not really something that I'm like, oh yes, this is, this is worthy of some, some deep conversation. So we'll get into the message and we'll wrap this up and go on about our week. Okay, this week's message is from Dr. Implausible, I believe. Yes, Dr. Implausible. Uh, Honestly, no context is needed. Everything is provided in the, the actual TikTok. I'll have it linked. And, um... Yeah, here it is. I'm going to be a hater for a second. Why did we add art to STEM? We added the arts to STEM because every engineer I ever taught could make something functional, but they couldn't get people to use it unless it looked good. We added the arts to STEM because every biologist I ever met or shared a meal with had a notebook filled with their drawings and paintings from the field. We added the arts to STEM because every technologist I ever interviewed was inspired by the science fiction tales of their youth. We added the arts to STEM because everybody recognizes that they're inextricably intertwined. You do not get STEM without the arts, but funding gets tied to STEM. And so in order for the arts to thrive, we need to help them out and make the linkage clear. Do you understand? I feel like this is a perfect connecting piece to what I was talking about last week when I was giving my thoughts on the Renaissance film in that the heartbeat of everything is art. The intellect that everyone possesses there is a very strong connecting thread to artistry. And like I said last week, I am a firm believer that in order to be a strong artist, you have to be immensely intelligent. And the fact that funding for the arts has steadily been on the decline, I mean, even when I was in grade school, it was always in jeopardy of losing its funding And it's so crazy to me because just like he described some of the greatest engineers and just people within the STEM field that he's come across, what led them to their intellect and talents and abilities, all of it was derived from some level of artistry. And it's, it's so simple. I should say it's so simple to me. It's such a simple, straightforward connecting piece. But the fact that people are unable to, to see the value in the arts is so crazy to me. 
I was very thankful and before I came back to record I had me a little snacky snack and I was scrolling through TikTok and to start this off I'm very thankful for the fact that I I do not have any kids because the amount of strife that these women are talking about dealing with their child's fathers whether they were in a relationship prior to having kids whether that relationship be just as sexual partners as boyfriend and girlfriend as husband and wife I mean the gamut of experiences it just all boils down to a multitude of women exploring the strife that they go through with dealing with these men and these kids. I'm just so thankful that I do not have any kids and I do not have to experience any of that. The fact of the matter is that if I did, I mean, I I wouldn't even have that ministry because if you're not acting right, you don't, I'm not picking up your phone calls. And you don't have access to my phone. If you want to deal with this, we can deal with it in court, period. I'm not dealing with the nonsense and I'm not putting my children through this nonsense. It is what it is. I say all of that to say... (laughs) I am very thankful that I came from a household and in large part, I come from a family because what made me think of that was what I was getting ready to say, which was I'm very thankful that I came from a household that was supportive of my venturing into the arts and honestly, very supportive of all of my quirkiness and erratic behavior. Um, just as a human being, but also uh, the support that I received in exploring the many different avenues that piqued my interest. And in relationship to 2024 being my side quest year, me living on vibes, it really is an homage, if you will, to that era (laughs) of being a child with zero responsibilities and having the freedom and ability to tap into these random things that I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to try that. I want to try gymnastics. I want to try ballet. I want to try piano. I want to try the flute, random stuff. And having that backing of when I vocalize this of, okay, you could try it. We're reviving that. But what led me to talk about these women and these kids is that I'm very thankful that I come from a household and a family that doesn't badger me about that. I have not once been asked, so, you know, are you dating? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? You know, you're getting older. Where's the babies? There hasn't been a single day in my adult life that I have been asked that from anyone in my family. Not my parents, not my aunts and uncles not my grandparents before they passed away. No one has asked me any iteration of those questions. I'm so thankful for that because I know that is not everybody's ministry. 
And a part of me thinks that it has something to do with them having an understanding of who I am and my personality and that if they were to ask me, the answer that they would get is nowhere near the answer that they were looking for. Um, really to say that they, I think that they just know not to try it, but also I think that there's just this understanding of like, who cares <laughs> if that's something that this woman wants to do, she's going to do it. And if she sees fit to let us know about it, we'll know about it. And even if she doesn't, we'll hear it through the grapevine. But at the end of the day, literally who cares? And I love them down for that. But anyway, I think that it's it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't have because I don't think that everyone is artistically inclined. I think that people have talents and skills that have a relationship to art, whether it be a cousin or even a sibling. But I don't think in the way that I have these pronounced artistic abilities and I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have pronounced artistic abilities and we're inspired and driven by and um, we follow other people who have pronounced artistic abilities. Not everyone does and not everyone has the ability to even take the things that they are interested in or that they have even if it's just a little bit of talent to be able to pour into it further to expand that ability, people just don't have that language. And so getting people like that to understand the value and the intensity and the beauty that lives within art and all of these art forms, it's really hard to reach them. And to a certain extent, they can't help it. Because, you know, they just don't have that range. But if I'm being honest, I'm not necessarily interested in sharing space with people who are like that. And it's really no shade. It's it's not to say that, you know, you are not worthy of being included in conversations. And honestly, that might <laughs> exacerbate the issue of people not seeing art and art education as valuable. But to me, it's it's such a simple understanding of being able to take a step back and break down anybody's individual interests and see how it directly ties back to some sort of artistic realm or framework or practice. That is such a simple idea to me. The ability to do that, even if you don't have this inherent artist, artistic skill, that you should at the very least be able to see how your affinity for problem solving has a direct tie to something that you were introduced to or influenced by in your rearing years that is a part of the artistic practice. It's so simple to me. And if you don't have the ability to do that, or if, especially if you don't have the willingness to do that, there's nothing for us to talk about. Goodbye. Good night, Kenya, because you get nothing else from me. Goodbye. Don't make me have to call Portia.
Yeah. Honestly, I said, I can't remember who I said this to, but I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, I'm no longer interested in having conversations with anybody that doesn't have the range, which is really why I blocked. I don't know what came over me or what possessed me to dip my toe back into the dating pool, but it was just, it's probably one of the worst decisions that I've made this year. And I've made quite a few bad decisions in my lifetime thus far, but especially this year. And I think that this is one of them because I was, I was on the phone with this dude and, you know, leading up to us having a phone conversation, the text conversations were okay. Um, when we got on the phone, he was, cause you know, I am a meme girl. Like I, I send memes and gifs and I've elevated to sending video clips as responses to things as a mode of expression. And it's something that everybody that I'm surrounded by, or I should say everybody that I talk to on a daily basis is something that we all do. And he was like, oh, you're, you know, you're very expressive over text messages. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, you know, the the memes and the images. He's like, because, you know, I, I, I don't really do that. And I was like, okay. So then we get deeper in the conversation and he has this belief, which I found to be very interesting, um, where he just remains neutral on everything. And we had an extended conversation about it and I wanted to test this stance of him remaining him remaining neutral because I when he explained it to me because I was like what what do you mean by that that you remain neutral in all circumstances especially when it comes to conversations I wasn't really understanding how that plays out in practice because for me I'm like first and foremost as a human being how can you definitively say this is who I am if you don't have a stance on anything which isn't to say that you always have to pick a side but if you don't have any self-defining factors then who are you right like if you just live in this gray space who do you define yourself to be if the answer is huh, I don't know, or always, yeah, it could be this, and it can also be that. It is what it is. And furthermore, thinking about conversation with friends, and then especially if you're dating, if you always remain neutral, how do you have fruitful conversations? Because that's what I said. I was like, you know, I understand it from the perspective of not wanting to ruffle any feathers, I also understand it from the perspective of, you know, reading the room and knowing your audience that you very well could have a very strong stance on something. But depending on who you're in conversation with or who you're surrounded by, it protects your peace to to just craft your responses in a different way that maybe you wouldn't do with other people that you have an established relationship who you can trust and what have you, but to always remain neutral, how do you have any sort of fruitful conversations? Because I'm like, for me, yes, I have a 
a specific stance on nearly everything. I should say nearly everything that I'm aware of and that I fully understand. Um, but I don't know. It's really weird to think about moving through a conversation where everyone remains neutral because hearing very thoughts and opinions is how we grow and mature and evolve and gain wisdom. I think that everyone should have a particular belief on something or even if they don't to be willing to at the very least have a conversation of the varied perspectives, even if you don't walk away from a conversation with a specific opinion to remain open to the possibility and be able to engage in discussions uh, with these varied opinions and thoughts and Yeah, I just wasn't understanding how remaining neutral in all situations, how that worked in practice. Ooh, my croutons. I gotta get my croutons out the oven. Let me go get those and I'll come back. (laughs) Shout out to Bert the Dog on croutons. Well, they're not burnt. They're just well done. Um, A little more well done than I wanted, but that's okay. (sighs) Yeah, so... I, to test this, this theory to see, not even really a theory, but I guess how he operates to see it in practice, I presented a question to him and I said, you know, what are your thoughts? Cause I said, you know, the, the various men in my life, I've been asking them this question because I'm trying to get a better understanding of the disconnect between men and women. And I'll specifically speak on straight men and straight women and how they relate to one another Um, because it seems like there's just this grave disconnect and no one's listening to one another and it's very confusing to me because on the one hand I understand that the reason that these conversations are not moving forward in a productive way is because nearly everyone that is is speaking on the topics without the needle moving are exclusively speaking from their experience and the experiences around them. And when you live in that sort of echo chamber, I don't know how um, you can even have a productive conversation. If the only thing that you are referencing and leaning on and the only thing you're willing to, to, to utilize as an example and, and, put forth in this conversation are the experiences within your echo chamber because the fact of the matter is that we all live in our individual little bubble but I think that there's a difference between having a worldview based on your bubble and having a willingness to both step outside of that bubble and garner additional experiences as well as hearing from other people outside of your bubble and considering those experiences in the larger conversation. And then there's existing in this bubble and taking everything that's happening in the bubble as law. Those are two very different things. And the latter is really what's happening when it comes to these conversations surrounding men and women in relationships and what have you. And coming across them on these TikToks and these podcasts is just insufferable. 
And I asked him his thoughts on it and what he felt was the disconnect between men and women, especially as him being a man and me being a woman and us both being in this circumstance of dating and entertaining the opposite sex for the purpose of, you know, eventually cultivating a romantic relationship, what his view on it was. It is admirable to not be entrenched in social media and constantly on your phone and scrolling. That's phenomenal. It's fantastic and it's fabulous. To be completely devoid of an understanding of what's happening around us that's a little like (laughs) because this man he was like yeah so I'm not you know really on social media and listening to these podcasts so could you like give me an example of what's being said that immediately irritated me That immediately irritated me because (sighs) I personally felt like what it was that I was explaining wasn't a concept that you had it, you had, I didn't feel like it was a concept or a conversation that in order to be able to contribute to it, you had to know exactly what was being discussed online. And on these podcasts, these are things that are happening actively in the real world through dating apps and just one-on-one human connection. I mean, the inherent fact that this single man is having a conversation with this woman that he's interested in, who's also single, we're both sitting here single talking to one another So it could have been as simple as based on his experience in this present moment of him being single, what he finds to be the sticking point for him when it comes to finding a partner. Because that's why we're on this phone call is to, to get to know each other, one another, and continue to gauge interest. So I was immediately irritated because this is like in direct correlation to what I was saying about I'm just no longer interested in having conversations with people who don't have the range. But I said, let me let me not count him out because I have the gift of gab, many gifts, but the gift of gab is definitely one of them. And so I was like, well, you know, I said a lot. So so let me dial it back and simplify. And I said, well. In large part, a lot of these conversations, and it's not just something that's happening on social media and on these podcasts, it's the reason that it's being talked about on social media and these podcasts is because it's happening in everyday life, where we have these men saying, you know, the reason why these women are single or they're not finding good partners is because of the behavior and this, that, and the third, whether it be, you know, gender roles or education or um standards being too high and what they want out of a man and 
Meanwhile, they're not meeting these expectations that the vast majority of men want. And then women are, you know, combating that thought and giving their side of the experience. And I said to him, I said, you know, something that I have identified as the issue here is that no one is listening to one another, first and foremost, is that there's this this competition to be right as opposed to be understood because being understood is where the movement comes. That's where the progression is birthed, right? However, there isn't a willingness to understand, which is where my confusion comes in because we're going back and forth and we're giving our opinions and we're saying all of these things. And then of course things get heated because somebody gets triggered. And so they say something crazy. And then because they've been triggered, which leads them to say something crazy to bite back at the other person. Now the other person is triggered and they say something crazy. And then it's just this, tennis match of craziness and it's just all so insufferable and for me especially going off of my friend group and our ability to be able to challenge one another in our current way of thinking if it's a conversation that we don't really you know have any strong feelings about look step, taking a step back and looking at it holistically and really just breaking things down to the ground and also being being able to engage in content across the internet that does hold the ability to do this and it's quite favorable and it's helped me to make new discoveries and to shift my thinking on a lot of things so it's not even a question of productive conversations being possible or not it's about a willingness to have these productive conversations so that change can occur and that we can understand each other better. But in order to do that, you have to have a willingness and that willingness isn't there. And I'm not understanding why. Because if you say that you want to be in a relationship and you want for your relationship to look a particular way, but yet for some reason you're not having any success finding that particular way that you want the relationship to look, well, something has to change, whether it be with you. And if you don't think that you yourself have to make a shift, I mean, other people ain't going to do it for you. And then even through that, if you find exactly what it is that you're looking for and you're still not satisfied, well, then something, something's got to give. Something has to, to be rearranged and reordered and done differently. If the willingness to do that is not there, how do we move forward? But it bit, but then even before that, why? Why is the willingness to do things different not there? So then we got deeper into the conversation and I did the majority of the talking and he provided some points that were unsatisfactory in the sense that 
he he gave very little insight into what his thoughts and opinions were and he more so tried to pull specific details of how I presented the topics at hand related hypotheticals that I created to further explain what it was that I was looking to unpack he sort of just pulled details from the things that I said and gave responses on that as more of like an analysis than an opinion. For example, I gave the example, I say, you know, say that there's a podcast where some dude is talking about how he feels like men or I'm sorry if there's a dude who is on a podcast that he feels like that women who are sexually promiscuous are whores and you know they're unworthy of a good man or whatever because they just given their body here there and everywhere meanwhile he has multiple siblings who have fathers that he doesn't have And they all have the same mother. So is he also saying that his mother's a whore? Because he just said that he despises women who are on the internet and showing their body and make it known in some sort of way that they are sexually empowered, whether they overtly talk about how many sexual partners they've had or whatever, or they just, according to him, um, inference that based on the way they present themselves to the public, that they're, they're whores. Meanwhile, his own mother has multiple children by multiple different people. So essentially the same thing that he, he claims that he despise, he despises is a direct reflection of, his life and his experience. However, if someone were to come up to him and say, oh, so your mother's a whore, he would start foaming at the mouth and set the room on fire. So it's like, what is the truth? How is it that in one breath you can say that this type of woman is unworthy and soiled when, according to you, one of the most important, if not the most valuable woman, woman in your life holds the exact same experience of the woman that you say is soiled. And if we were to take that example and put it on the face of one of these podcasts that are insufferable, it's like, okay, he says all of that. Then somebody else on the, on the podcast may more likely than not a woman would be like, Oh, so what you're saying is your mother's a whore. And then he gets triggered and starts talking crazy. And then she starts barking barking back and talking crazy. And it just, it creates this insufferable, ridiculous conversation. And he was like, well, um, you know, I, I think that (laughs) he said, well, I think that, you know, just like you said, that people because it's all about how you present things like you know you you have to have a calmer tone and 
not be, you know, mean and demeaning when you're talking to people. And I, I, I said, yeah, I, I know that. And I'm not saying this as an example of how I would handle the situation. Like I was just giving a hypothetical to give you an example of the types of conversations that are happening through these podcasts and social media that's just all that was my actual question is why is it that we can't conduct these conversations because there's an analysis there so I was like using that same example had it been me that's on that podcast I would be like okay so you hold this belief that women who are sexually charged in one way or another are tainted goods they're whores whatever it is you believe however you have multiple siblings, right? Right. The right being him confirming. Okay. So do you and all of your siblings share the same parents? No, we share the same mother, but we have different fathers. Cool. So that means that your mother had multiple sexual partners because you have siblings who have a different father than you. And even all of them don't have the same siblings. So not only do does your mother have multiple sexual partners through your siblings, but I'm almost positive that she had other sexual partners outside of the men who fathered her children. So if we take that lived experience that you very much are a part of because you are your mother's child, your mother was by all accounts a sexually free and, you know, open being. But yet you say that women who have that lived experience are soiled. And it's like, you know, when your mama was gallivanting the streets, doing her thing as she should, of course there was no social media or no method to, you know, put that out other than word of mouth and the girls gossiping. But at the end of the day, her experience and the experience of the people who you say are tainted goods is exactly the same. So what can we conclude from that? And not even really what can we conclude? How is it that you're more than comfortable? Because if anybody were to say, oh, so you believe that your mother is tainted goods and that she's a whore, that you would be incredibly upset and again, start foaming at the mouth, set the roof on fire, all of the things. But how can you be incredibly defensive and protective over this woman, but then have such a sour opinion of all of these other ones when the experience of the woman that you're incredibly protective of is the exact same as the ones that you say that you hate? Like that doesn't make sense. How does it make sense to you? That There's an analysis there and a conversation Because then if someone is emotionally intelligent and self-aware, they might not have even made that correlation. It might be a situation where this person in that moment is like, oh, damn, you're right. Make that correlation. And then they now have this understanding that maybe there's something living within them to where they have a level of resentment for their mother based on whatever their rearing experience looked like. Who knows? It's all a hypothetical. But that is a much more nuanced conversation to better understand why we think what we think, do what we do, because everything has a source. 
And to be able to sit up on a public platform and just really claim that something is law without any willingness to dig deeper and figure out why it is you believe that this is law. Because it could be that it has absolutely nothing to do with your individual lived experience and it could be something that you were told to believe. Whether you fully internally believe in it or not, it could be a lot of things why you say this is how you feel. But if you don't have the capacity to receive other viewpoints, let alone break down to the ground why you hold your specific viewpoint, then how can anybody have a productive conversation? And so what I said after giving that example, I was like, that's what I'm trying to figure out is what is the blockage? What's being missed? So then this man's response after saying all of that was like, well, you know, how you said um, the questions of um, after he gives his opinion and you said, um, so you have multiple siblings, right? Like that prompting, I wouldn't do that. And he was like, I don't know, maybe it's because of my specific line of work that you never, you know, want to prompt anyone into the answer that you want to hear or what have you. And I said, I let him finish and I was already irritated at this point. And I said, again, that was an example And that was going off of, again, it's all context. Like not only did I use that as an example, because that's, that's not the question or the thing that I'm looking for you to answer here is how to properly go about a conversation. What I'm asking is why does no one have the capacity or willingness to go about a conversation properly in a very nuanced, intellectual, complex way, whatever that looks like, whatever style, format, questioning, because the way that I just explained it, that's not the only way that it has to be presented. There are many ways to respectfully move about a conversation that all attain the goal of digging deeper. However, that approach that I said that I would do, that was just an example. And that example was based off of known knowledge that this man has multiple siblings that don't have the same father as him. I would never move through a conversation utilizing information that I found on my own through some sleuthing or heard about from somebody else, like the only information that I'm bringing to the table of a conversation as it relates to other people, a part of that conversation is if it either came directly from their mouth to me, or if they were physically in the space at the point that whatever I'm mentioning was said, because that is, very not only is that messy but that is a direct connection to the thing that it is that I'm saying that's insufferable presenting information in a way that's not um 
presenting information in a way that is very triggering and that you know will be triggering to the person. Because what you're saying is that I just through this conversation was like, oh, interesting. So you got a bunch of siblings and y'all don't have the same daddy, right? Like you saying you wouldn't have done that approach in my mind. That's what that approach looks like. It's like taking some information that wasn't already shared by that person and bringing it into the conversation, which is not something that I would do. So the way that I said that I would present moving through that situation is going off of the knowledge that there was a conversation leading up to this to where all of that information that I'm going through has been revealed. And the fact that I had to, so many layers, the fact that I had to do that and explain all of that pissed me off. The fact that the responses that I were getting were just pulling details from the things that I was saying, as opposed to him having his own in um, his own thoughts and influence on the actual question that I was asking pissed me off. The fact that he was continuously circumventing, and I don't think intentionally, I think it's just because he didn't really have any specific thoughts on the topic. The fact that he, you know, was completely missing the actual question that I was answering, that pissed me off. And the fact that I even had to provide examples of what it was that I was talking about, that pissed me off. Because like I said, you don't have to be chronically online to understand what it was that I'm asking again because it's people are living it you are single so you are living it (laughs) like I was so confused I said I was gonna stop blowing my nose on this microphone (laughs) how disgusting That junk really pissed me off and it was horrible. I know that I'm wrong. I should have said something before I did it and I did not And that is wrong, but I did it anyway. As soon as I got off the phone with that man, I blocked him immediately. I said, I'm not doing this. My head was pounding and we talked for a couple hours And the conversation was just, it was not at all what I found to be fulfilling. It just wasn't at all. And what was so fascinating is that leading up to the end of the phone call, he was like, you know, you, you have, um, a lot of thoughts and opinions and I could tell that you like to dig deep with conversations and I I just hope that I won't bore you and I said (laughs) hmm yeah I went ahead and hung up the phone I mean completely insufferable You know, the girlies online love to talk about when it comes to cultivating friends and finding a partner to find yourself frequenting the places that bring you joy 
and that pique your interest. If you love to go out to eat, always going out to restaurants, the mall, for the music, you know, random little concerts or even the larger concerts, the record store. If you like to thrift, the thrift stores. That all, the places that speak to the things that you find enjoyment in, that those are the places where you will find the people that you'll click with. And that's valid. But honey, there are a number of people that share my interests that are, I mean, rocks for brains. Rocks for brains. Where do I find the people? And it's not even about using big words. It's not about having this mental Rolodex of research. It's not about any of that because I don't have any of that, nor do any of my friends. We just are self-aware, emotionally intelligent, observant, and we live life. The breadth of our conversation is based around all of those things, creating a safe space to where we know that we can show up and share our thoughts and opinions without being judged while also holding ourselves and each other accountable to think differently and see these varied perspectives, to go on tangents based on these varied perspectives and go down a rabbit hole of additional ideas, to bounce thoughts and opinions off of one another. to use both our lived experience, the lived experience of others that we know, the lived experience of people who we don't know that we just know are a reality, to question and analyze using hypotheticals. It's really just about that. Where are those people that have the capacity to do that? And we all have our limits because I can talk for hours and days on the exact same topic and not get tired. If I move on to a next topic, I promise you it's inadvertent. And there's sometimes where I'm like, well, you know, I don't know that I have anything else to say about it. So let's move on. But I have no problem beating a thing down to the ground. And I definitely realize that I'm one of those people that if there is something that, you know, peaks the top of my head in the moment, I, I really want to talk about it in the moment until I can't talk about it anymore. And I understand that there are some people that need a, a moment to breathe and think about it a little bit and then come back to it. And that's okay. I know that there are some people who have no moment, no problem talking about a thing in the moment, but after a certain point, they want to move on and that's okay. We all have different preferences and styles and that's cool. But where are the people who are just willing to have these conversations and can keep up? Where are they?
I used to get on Google and look up, you know, like the post nasal drip and congestion and stuff. Cause this is, this is something that I deal with on an annual basis around this time of year. And it's disgusting. There is <laughs> another trend on TikTok where, you know, it's a photo set and it's like, you know, your standards are too high. It's like a picture of the self with the text. Your standards are too high. And then the next slide is on the notes app with bullet points of people's requirements that they want in a partner. Some of them are egregious and you already know that those people have been blocked because it's like why are you on my for you page with this nonsense so I just went ahead and blocked them there was this one dude and I said this is me his slide of requirements said requirements and there was one bullet and it said common sense that's it that's all that I need is common sense. Self-awareness, emotional intelligence, all of that is bucketed under this common sense. And like I said earlier in the episode, every single thing, both mental, emotional, and physical that is proper trickles down from having common sense. Where are the people with common sense? And you know what? That That's the boycott for this week. I am boycotting individuals with no common sense. I'm not dealing with it. I am not dealing with it. In the last course of this management professional development class that I took, and I really enjoyed it. I did my final presentation on it. It was on conflict resolution styles and people's different conflict styles. And there's a bunch of different modalities And generally, we all have a singular one that we tend to lean on. However, depending on the circumstance and situation, we we all find ourselves, you know, teetering in the other modalities just because that's what the circumstance calls for. And there was a moment in class where I said, you know, I I feel like I more often than not, especially if we're honing in on work conflict resolution, I feel like I almost always, if not always, utilize this particular modality when I approach conflict. And when I'm thinking both about work and life, I there are so many situations where it's like, if you come at me crazy, we don't have a conflict. There is no conflict because there's no conversation. If you are in my inbox or in my ear 
on the phone yelling at me and talking to me crazy, the email is getting deleted and the phone is getting hung up. I'm not dealing with that nonsense, especially if I'm coming to you correct with class and decorum and you want to sit up here. I mean, the corners of your mouth is white because you are foaming like crazy, just looking stupid. We don't have a conflict because we're not in conversation anymore. I'm nipping this in the bud. When you pick yourself up off the ground, get you a tissue and wipe off your mouth, get you a glass of water, and you come back and you have want to have a conversation with me in a civil way, then we can move through this conflict. But until then, the conflict doesn't exist because we're not in conversation. I'm not dealing with that nonsense. I'm not going to deal with it. This is more of a cousin than, you know, a sibling, but it definitely applies. I'm not dealing with anybody that doesn't have any common sense. I'm just not going to do it. Why would I do that to myself? Why would I do that? I'm already lamenting, wasting my time and energy on a myriad of things. Why would I include something that I enjoy doing, which is having a healthy discourse? Why would I include having an insufferable conversation in the list of things that I regret and am displeased by. Why would I do that? I'm not going to do that. I am going to tailor this area of my life to the people that are worthy and deserving. And that is the girls who have a brain. Who have a brain. And I am at a place in my life where if you... (laughs) you are communicating with me in an unfavorable way, I'm going to block you just like I blocked old dude. And I openly admit it and I will continue to hammer at home that that was wrong. I should have said something to him before I blocked him instead of just outright blocking him. And moving forward, I'm going to challenge myself to be vocal and say, listen, thank you for your time. This is not working for me. Have a beautiful life and then block. When all is said and done, however, we have nothing here, nothing. And the same goes for any other conversation. It it is not even exclusive to romantic connections if you could even consider that. It's everything. If I'm out in public and I'm having a conversation with you, I am at a place in my life where if it is not pleasing to me, I will grab my pocketbook and walk away. Ask a dear. There have been quite a few situations where she has called me and said, where are you, child, in my car? (laughs) I'm in the car. I'm done. This shit sucks. It sucks. 
there have been many times where I will get up and just leave. And that's if I even showed up in the first place. I'm boycotting the brainless. Yeah. All right. Well, what now? (laughs) What now is the end. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Everyone hates me. No one emails me. And I say this having not checked the email in months. <laughs> I can't believe this is the 10th episode. We are moving and grooving. That's fabulous. Um, Like I say every week, I'm going to try to remain consistent and be on time. I wish you all well. Um, If you have already started your holiday time off child enjoy that put your feet up if you don't want to get out of bed until 1 p.m don't get out of bed till 1 p.m and really just enjoy the time this has been a and I know that I'm not alone just from the number of people that I'm seeing talk about it on TikTok and Instagram how ridiculous 2023 was which is crazy because I going into 2023 I didn't necessarily have any expectations that it was gonna be this phenomenal amazing time but I also didn't anticipate that it would be as arduous as it was and it was it was rough 2023 was a really rough year and for those of you who are taking some time off between now and the new year, whether you have already started that or you are approaching your time away, really take this time to just really decompress and relax. If you want to set some goals or whatever it is y'all be doing for the new year resolutions, do that, I guess, but really just prioritize relaxing and not doing a single thing if you don't want to because it's been a it's been a rough year it's been a rough year and I don't know about y'all but I'm not setting any sort of goals or expectations or anything for 2024 I'm living on vibes that is my side quest year we are we are truly going to take it uh, minute by minute in 2024 minute by minute all right thank you all again and I will see you in the next episode bye